Hello, and welcome to It's in the Experience, an original podcast series produced by the Association for Experiential Education. I'm Sherry Bagley, Executive Director of AEE and host of It's in the Experience. Here at AEE, we are in full conference mode, planning and organizing our 51st annual international conference. It's happening November 2nd through the 4th in Madison, Wisconsin, and today's guests are deeply involved in helping make the conference awesome. I'm excited to chat with these two today about their work, but also why they come back every year to the AE conference. Our first guest is Amy Clymer. Amy focuses on helping individuals and teams reach their capacity to be creative. Since 1995, she has worked with hundreds of groups teaching creativity, leadership and change, team development, and facilitation skills. She's the designer of Climber Cards, a tool used to evoke metaphors and generate ideas. She hosts The Deliberate Creative, a podcast designed to teach others how to lead innovation in teams. She has a PhD in leadership and change from Antioch University. In 2016, she received the Carl Ronke Creativity Award from the association. She attended her first AEE conference in 1997 and is returning this year as the conference MC. She is very familiar with Madison as she lived and worked there for many years and has been friends with our other guests since meeting in an AE conference in 2001. Mo Kappas is the Assistant Director of Experiential Education at Recreation and Wellbeing at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and is currently in the process of figuring out what all the duties this role entails. The vision is for her work to broaden the use of experiential education pedagogy at UW, promoting the ropes course and climbing wall, working collaboration with other departments and expanding into other units. Mo came to her first AE conference in 1995 and has been attending ever since. She has held many volunteer leadership roles within AEE and is currently the co-convenor of this year's conference, which will be held in Madison, November 2nd through the 4th. She's looking forward to introducing everyone to the city and to the amazing experiential education work that is being done in the community. Amy Mo, welcome. Thank you. Hello. So good to be here. I'm excited to have you all. I've been talking to you for months now about this conference and getting to know you all a little bit better. So it's great to have a, a longer conversation with you about your work and uh, what you're excited about. One of the ways we start our podcast here at uh, It's in the Experience is to play a little commonalities to see some of the things we might have in common. And since you all have been friends for so many years and work closely um, on different projects together. I wonder what some of the commonalities you all have are. Well, the easy one is that a wilderness tripping experience and canoeing. There are some great photos from our trip to the Boundary Waters that I have up in my house. So that's one of the big ones. Yeah, we definitely been on many rivers together. And in fact, in so I live in Asheville, North Carolina now, and most still up in Madison, Wisconsin. And in my garage is a tandem whitewater canoe that Mo permanently loaned to my wife and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely have that canoeing connection. And I think also we it just over the years have had so many good conversations about experiential education philosophy and facilitation. We both have backgrounds in ropes courses or challenge courses, and that's been fun to talk about over the years. Awesome. I know one of the commonalities is that you enjoy the music at the conferences and, and <laughs> what happens at the socials in the evening. So 
I'm looking forward to uh, dancing with you all to BO5 on Thursday night and going to the Children's Museum and playing on Friday night. So we got some fun stuff happening at the conference that we'll be able to boogie a little bit and play and have a really good time there. And I know you both are always willing to jump in and do the silly things. <laughs> so, thank you. For sure. I don't think you use the term boogie because it's definitely going to be a boogie time. It's going to be so great. And the Children's Museum, as so many folks who came to the last Madison conference will remember that time and how amazing and fun it was. So really excited for others, like folks who weren't at that conference, to come see that too. That was the band I wanted to bring so to the conference. So I'm so excited that they're here. That's awesome. I'm excited about the Children's Museum too. It, it's just, it's this really cool space because while it's a children's museum, they've done a great job of like designing it in a way that adults can play as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And as I talk to more Madison locals and say we're having VO5 at our conference to play, people are like, how'd you get VO5? Like, that's amazing. It's like, oh, they're like, can we call? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. I know. I'm I'm very excited to hear them and, and be part of that whole scene that they do. Seems really a whole experience <laughs> rather than just a band. So that'll be great. So other things that you're excited about, maybe in your work, and if you could tell us a little bit about your work right now and what you're doing and, and things that are getting you jazzed and making you excited to keep doing it. So in my work right now, so I have a consulting practice where I teach teams and organizations how to be more creative and innovative. So I do a lot of training and keynote speakings. I MC some, which I'm uh, excited to MC the AE conference again this year. So there's two things in particular that I'm really excited about in my work. One is I am like 99% finished with a new deck of climber cards. So uh, the first deck came out in 2012. I know both of you, Sherry and Mo, you've seen them, used them. Many people in AE have as well. And for a long time, I've thought about drawing and painting a, a second deck and it's finally happening. So it will go out to the printer very, very soon, and they will be available at the conference. So I'm excited to share those and launch those. And the other thing I'm super excited about is another project, which is at the very beginning, which is I'm writing a book, which will be my first book. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I, I just got a publisher. The book is for leaders who want to be more creative. They want their team to be more creative, but they don't quite know where to start. So the working title is Deliberate Creative Teams, How to Innovate on Demand. That is an awesome, both those are amazing accomplishments. <laughs> Thanks. Well, not 100% done yet, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Using all your creative, all your creativeness, your painting and your writing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I look forward to both those things. How about you, Merle? Well, one, I look forward to seeing what the new pictures are. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'm very excited about that. I had forgotten, Amy, that you were working on that. And I'm like, I'm so excited. So what I was excited for me is that I am in a new position that has this opportunity to spread the impact and how special experiential education is to other parts on campus and to have an organization like university recreation and well-being behind me that's totally excited about it as well. So that I believe is kind of the biggest thing. I'm currently doing two jobs. So 
I haven't transitioned into the new role, and so I'm not even sure exactly what that'll look like. And I'm excited to see where it can go um, and how we will connect with other people on campus, learning what other folks are doing on campus with experiential education, because people are doing so much here. It's just we don't talk about it. We don't name it experiential ed. And University of Wisconsin has something called the Wisconsin Experience. And like it's a pillar of this university. And we don't talk about experiential ed. So I'm excited to be the person who, in collaboration with others, can start to really think about that in an intentional way. I'm so excited you have that role, though. I think it's, it's just cool that it's even on campus now. It's awesome. I think so, too. It's just really neat. I have a new person who is supporting me right now as we try to find someone for my old position. And we'll talk about experiential education. And she gets so excited and inspired. She's like, we need to bring this to UW. And I was like, you know, like to broader campus. And I was like, that's the whole point of this. (laughs) We are getting there. So it's really cool to be with someone who is on the cusp of their career in experiential ed, just discovered it and is so excited to explore it and pursue it. So that's neat. That's really neat. And I was lucky enough to see the new building that they've built for well-being and recreation, which is amazing because it it's not just a gym or like classrooms. It's there's like a kitchen and like a learning kitchen, but there's so many different facets to it. And because the university is so invested in the well-being of their students, I think it's amazing that they're they're even saying that. So yeah, excited to see where that role goes for you and what happens because connecting different departments with experiential education resources or just the idea of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it just has a lot of potential and it's going to be amazing once we get going. One thing to also add to the teaching kitchen is there are nap pods, which Sherry, I don't think you got to see maybe when you were I didn't get to see them, no. Um, But hopefully folks who come to the conference will also have a chance to climb on the new climbing wall, which has a beautiful view of the lake. So it's just a really neat space and you get to see the rest. There's a lot going on here that's really neat and unique to being in a recreation space. Have you taken a nap in a nap pod, Mo? No, honestly, it looks a little weird to me because I <laughs> thought like the nap pod would like come over your head or something. But I think, and you walk in, you can see the two nap pods and I think they get to see your face still. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. And you're like, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well, that's, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I've seen I've seen at airports they have those nap pods and like a meeting space one where it's all you can seal off and do your meeting if you know if you're waiting at the airport. But I, the meeting one had windows in it too, and I was like, that'd be like I would have to turn my back. I wouldn't want. I mean, I know people are looking at you anyway, but it seems like you're in like a glass box. Yeah, so definitely wouldn't want to sleep in a nap pod that you had windows <laughs> in it. But I I keep thinking of like when you say nap pods, because I fell asleep so many times in the study carols at the library or like, you know, just like you're in some back corner in like the union or whatever, just like in a chair sleeping because you'd been studying all night or whatever. So so much nicer to have a nap pod than (laughs) drooling on your notes from organic chemistry. (laughs) Right. That's what I did all the time, but (laughs) yeah. Sounds like my organic chemistry experience as well. 
lots of carbon. <laughs> what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now in your work? I mentioned it already is just doing two jobs at once. And I know people do this and I never realized how difficult that is. I'm also realizing I knew this would be a problem, but it's coming to fruition as taking a step away from working with students is a challenge. I'm used to them coming to me and working with me and me being able to support them. And now, even with this one person coming in to support me and as we transition into this new role, they are like now going to her. And I'm like, wait a minute, what about me? So that is an interesting thing to, you know, just kind of discover like, Working with students and being a part of that educational journey is really inspiring and great. And I will miss that. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting dilemma. I mean, like it, not, not a dilemma, but a transition, you know, mm-hmm. kind of an, a natural transition. And then now you're like advising the staff person rather than the students. Yeah, multiple staff people in your case. Well, and I think that happens a lot in our industry as like you move from facilitator to like a, a program manager or an executive director of a, you know, of a whole program, you get away from the actual experiential education work and the and the participants of those great moments where you get to see the aha moments and all the good <laughs> all the good stuff that happens. So Mo, I I uh, I know you will find ways to still stay connected to students because it's an important piece. I would agree. The students I work with are amazing. They really rock the house. And again, this person who's come in to help is like, oh, these students are amazing. This is really great. It speaks a lot to like the work that I've done and to the program, right? How special and unique the program is that I work with. The Adventure Learning Programs, Alps, just in case people are unfamiliar, they should check it out. It is very cool. I think for me, there's always like so many challenges, but first I'll say as being a self-employed, really like a solo person, some of my challenges I bring on myself because, you know, I just sometimes joke that my job is I make stuff up and then do it, like make things, you know, like climber cards, just make this up, right? A book, you just make it up. So I always have a lot of projects going on as well as clients. And so that just like, for me, there's the constant balancing of that. But one thing I've been noticing just like in the last few weeks, and I'm curious if y'all have noticed this, is that, well, first I find, so my clients, most of them come to me because they want to be more creative in some way or some, that's like the main part of my work. And then some, a smaller part is people come to me because they want to be better facilitators. But either way, they're struggling to take the time to learn. And I feel like during the pandemic that we kind of had gotten into a pretty good space of like, hey, let's slow down a little bit. Let's take some time to reflect and learn. And, and you know, just there were so many options for Zoom classes and, and we weren't as like busy in some ways because we weren't doing all these external activities because we couldn't do them. And I've noticed lately that we're sort of reverting back. Like that's not the case anymore. Like I was just realizing like, oh, I in some ways I haven't seen my friends as much lately because we're all just busy again. And I, I find that with my clients too. It's like they have like their work has ramped up, which means they don't have the time to do the learning that they need to do that's going to help them do their work better. So it kind of becomes a tough cycle. So that's something that I've been thinking about lately. Yeah. Have you all seen that at all in your work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. There's so much more to do there, you know, and people are going places. I think this summer we saw so many friends and, and people, you know, I would send out an email to a bunch of different people and so many vacation responses or out of office responses. Just like it seemed like people just decided this was the summer they were going to make up all the trips that they hadn't gotten to. And yeah, it keeps people really busy. Yeah. I had an adventure crew that I would see all the time and I rarely see them now. And it is really sad. You know, I think that they really jumped back into when the world opened up way more than I did. So I think my life has slowed down, even though the two jobs is keeping me very busy. But comparatively with the social things, I think I'm just slowed down more than they have. And the learning piece, Amy, is interesting because at the university, we're finding that folks don't want to work as much. And so I think that that ties into that learning piece in the sense of like, maybe they don't know how to learn the same way they used to, they don't know how to manage their time as well, or something like that. So that is also interesting to me. Luckily for me, the students I work with are really excited to learn in general. But I do think that that is a little bit of a smaller sample size, I guess, than the majority. Yeah, I do think there's still an interest in learning. It's more of just the ability to like balance it mm -hmm. and like find the time for it. And it seems like, you know, this idea of like micro learning moments is more appealing than like, oh, let's do go have a full day or a multi-day mm -hmm. staff retreat, which some of my clients are still doing and doing quite well. But yeah, it's interesting. I think we're in a like this post-pandemic transition right now. We'll be curious to see how it all falls out. Let's take a quick break. You know how you have been listening to this podcast? Has it sparked curiosity? Encouraged you to learn something new? Made you wonder what these folks look like in person? Well, here's your chance. AEE hosts an international conference, and the 51st one is coming up. Join us November 2nd through the 4th, 2023 in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin, and meet the guests from the podcast. Learn something new at Mini Diverse Workshop. Be captivated by one of our dynamic speakers. Gain a deeper understanding during our research symposium. And just have some fun at our awesome socials, including an evening at the Children's Museum. We are excited to gather together and explore how learning through experience has the power to positively transform people in our world. Won't you join us? Find out more info at aee.org. Speaking of staying busy, <laughs> Mo is the co-convener of this year's conference with Dan Dunn, who is also at the University of Wisconsin. He's at Outdoors UW, and you've been very busy with that, helping out and making sure all of it's running um, and happening and paperwork is filled out <laughs> and approvals are happen and Amy you're emceeing and so therefore you know working with me really closely with the schedule and making sure we have all that information correct so these are things that you all are doing in addition to your job and so what keeps you doing these additional things what draws you back to the AE conference and, and being part of it I think for me it's two things one is the people for sure I mean, that's why I keep coming back to AE and I have for, oh my gosh, like 25, 26 years. I think it's just awesome people that are really open. They're excited about learning and about life. And 
in fact, just this is how naive I was. Like, I just thought AE was the norm. And then at some point in my career, I went to other conferences that had nothing to do with experiential education. And I was very surprised how stiff the conferences were. <laughs> like people weren't throwing hula hoops and like running around barefoot or, you know. Yeah. I mean, people are like, you know, bud up in their suit yeah. tie. <laughs> and but even simple things where, you know, you sit down at a breakout session, I feel like the the norm at AE is like, oh, absolutely. Like reach out your hand and introduce yourself. And pretty soon you're in a deep conversation with someone who was a complete stranger 10 minutes ago. Oh. And at other conferences, that doesn't happen. Like I would introduce myself and they would share their name and then turn back to whatever they were doing. And, you know, there wasn't conversation. So, so I would say the people is been huge for me. But the other thing is to me, it's just this space of creativity. It's a place where people are sharing ideas. It's very open. There's not a sense of, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you what I do in my program because I don't want you to copy it. Like there's none of that. It's just like, oh yeah, let's make the world a better place. Here's what I'm doing. Feel free to take it and modify it and whatever. But it's also a place where people I think are collectively coming up with new ideas together. And that just seems like the norm. Like it's not like just an exception that's happening, you know, at a certain event. It's just like, yeah, lunch conversations, during the main sessions, during breakout sessions. So I just love that, the the creativity that I find emerges. Amy, I think it'd be awesome if somebody should do a research paper or do research on how many like businesses have been created out of AE conferences. Because I know I can think of like three or four right now off the top oh. of my head that like people were at an AE conference and having a conversation with somebody else. And now they're, you know, in business together doing this new thing or, you know, uh, besides other relationships too, but like businesses out of AE conferences, I think that'd be an interesting, <laughs> interesting thing to take a look at. I love that. That's a great future podcast episode. Oh, Point. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It was interesting that Amy mentioned like breakout sessions and like connecting with people in deep conversations. And two life-changing events for me happened, one in an elevator ride. You know, how long does an elevator ride take you? Like a minute? Or just briefly passing through, you know, it's a passing period between workshops and catching up with someone for five minutes. And it's so just those moments, like you're going to get stuff out of the workshop. And then, as Amy said, the people that are there, you connect with, and it doesn't take much because I feel like there's knowledge being dropped all the time and these little nuggets of wisdom that can have this amazing impact on the work that you do and totally shift, you know, your mindset. And I can remember those conversations, right? It's really amazing. And so with Amy talking about the creativity, I think about the inspiration, you know, of what are people doing, people being willing to share not only their work, but about themselves. I think about Activate and how moving that is and inspirational. And so in addition to the people, it's like coming and being inspired and getting really jazzed about the work we do that experiential ed, I like to believe can change the world one person at a time in all the different ways that we do it. And I think that's also an important thing. Like, yeah, there's our wilderness folks and then there's our teachers in the classroom and that all of them are doing experiential ed. So there's so much about AE conferences that I'm like, yep, that's where I go. It's my organizational home. You mentioned Activate and that's how we open the conference and people from the AE community share their stories. 
And we have all those on our YouTube channel if you want to get an idea of what they sound like and look like. But I think that sets the tone for the conference of being open and that we're active listening community and that we we share with each other. And that was started over 11 years ago. And I think it's become such a really key piece to setting the tone for our conference and just really showing what our community is about. I'm looking forward to those again this year. So we got six great people and, you know, we always have people who are willing to do it, which also says a lot about our community. Yeah, I think we've been doing it now and so many stories have been shared that it's it's a really important piece. Yeah, Activate has become my one of my favorite parts of the conference. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's, I feel like it's a almost like a blend of TEDx and Moth. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the great coaches that help the folks hone their stories and get them into that really good seven to 10 minute spot where they get all the all the meaning and all the, <laughs> I feel like they squeeze the juice out of it, you know, and just really make it a, a great piece. So yeah, looking forward to that this year too. So I know you have a lot of them because you've been going to many conferences, but Mo, what's your favorite AE conference story? Okay, so I appreciate the fact, Sherry, that you said that I'd have a number of memories, so this doesn't have to be my favorite. Right. When I get asked this question, though, the story that I tell is from my very first conference, which happened to be in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and I assume November, and it snowed. So we went outside, grabbed snow, and came back inside and had a snowball fight inside the um, <laughs> conference center hotel retreat area. I know that we've had, you know, interesting interactions with places we've stayed in the past. And so it was fun to be a part of a snowball fight. So I'm assuming you came back inside because you weren't in like cold weather gear. We were just like in a workshop, saw it was snowing, went outside, came back in. <laughs> well, the snowball fight was inside. Right, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I came back inside because I had snow that I had to throw at people. <laughs> That's funny. Sounds amazing. I think over the years, AE has become a better conference-centered guest. <laughs> I, I think, yes, yes. I think we've had learning. We learn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we, my first conference was in 1997 in Asheville, North Carolina. And at the particular location we were at, we are no longer welcome because <laughs> we were a little too obnoxious. Yeah, I can share just a little story too, like similar to Mo's. It might have been my first conference. I don't remember the actual, the exact year. If it wasn't my first one, it was one of them. And there is this moment. So I'm, you know, in my 20s, brand new to experiential ed, really don't know, you know, hardly anybody at the conference, maybe a couple of people. And I remember I was walking out of the building, the conference center. It's like in the evening. I don't know if I was like going where I was going, but there were those two sets of sliding glass doors with that little kind of small foyer space in between that's very common at conference centers. And there was a group of about five or 10 people who had designed some sort of game that included these doors that when you walked through one set of doors, you were automatically part of the game, <laughs> really whether you liked it or not. But it was done in such a way that it was just like you walk through the doors and like, oh, God, you're here. Um, okay. And then they just launched into, I don't even remember the game, but it was just this really <laughs> cool, so classic of like, we're going to make some game up on the spot and then we're going to be super inclusive and we're going to include everybody who comes in. 
And I just thought it was like a very cool moment, but also a pretty classic moment that epitomized what AE is like. That's awesome. I look forward to the stories coming out of Madison this year. (laughs) It's always good to hear what happens. And it's, you know, our conferences, they've definitely gotten bigger over the years. And now we're, you know, you don't always get to see all the people at the conference because there's so many, but we like to hear the stories. So it's great to get that information even after the fact. And one of my biggest things is like, I'm all about the socials. Sherry and Amy know this about me and the dancing. Those are pretty core components of an AE conference for me. And that's what's great about this one is the dancing's going to rock. It's going to be amazing and awesome. And so I'm really excited about that social piece. And then with the Children's Museum is another time of this time to just play together. And so... So talk about memories, Sherry, coming out of this conference. We are primed with at least the social part. I know that the workshops will be excellent too, but to really facilitate these amazing, memorable experiences, I think. Things happen. (laughs) Things happen during socials and you don't know who you're going to meet and party with and dance with and, you know, just find out about. Mo, one of the things that we haven't talked about with VO5 is what people should wear. Oh, yes. (laughs) I know that we had like a disco theme last year. And so VO5 is a like disco cover band. They do have their original music. And if you can imagine 10 people decked out in full-on disco gear, crowded on a stage, just like singing and dancing. It's pretty awesome. So my recommendation would be bring your disco gear again. Hopefully there's going to be enough or maybe even more heads up for folks to bring like their really good stuff. I think that there was and like less people, I feel like I heard people saying like, oh, I would have brought this. I would have brought that. (laughs) So bring it to this one because it's going to fit in with the theme. It is going to be amazing. The energy is going to be amazing. So Bring that disco gear, wear it sparkly. I often will wear go-go boots when it comes to my disco gear. So if you can pack it, bring it. It'll be worth it. <laughs> you do have a good pair of go-go boots, Mo. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen those go-go boots. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> well, and the good news is if you got gear last year, like you're already set to go. So set to go. Totally. Yeah, I know. I know. If Maybe we'll just have a disco, disco every year. Yes. <laughs> just keep the disco theme because it's it's so good. Easy. Yeah, so disco fun. and funk and, you know, it's going to be really fun and great. Yeah, I might have bought a ton of light-up rings for people to wear and take home and dance with. So that's, that seemed like a fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, you are all about, like, the party accessories, which I love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I was just out with my daughter shopping for a homecoming dress. Oh. Her. And I was like, oh, I can't wear the same disco outfit I wore last year. I need a new disco outfit because, you know, I love costumes. So it's just an excuse for me to get more disco attire. Go hang out with Mo in her go-go boots. <laughs> oh, that'll be awesome. I mean, the band is going to be decked out. Like, you won't be alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't feel self-conscious. Exactly. It's a safe space. Brave space. It really is. From the beginning to the end of the conference, just... Do your thing. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not your thing, that's fine too. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. 
I would say coming and watching them, even if you don't want to dance, is also worth it. It is a show and it's going to be, if you can't tell, super, super fun. In the theme of, you know, the conference and all the things we're also going to learn at the conference, because it's not just about socials and dancing and wearing your disco attire. We do have a lot of really amazing workshops and learning and amazing speakers and all kinds of really great learning opportunities. You all have known each other for quite a while. And I was wondering if there's something in particular that you've learned from the other one that you would share. So one of the things that whenever I have a challenging time in my life, I feel like I call Amy and her partner and I talk through it with them. And so what I feel like Amy has taught me over time is how to look at life differently, how to kind of cut through all the noise and see what is really going on, and then how to work through it. All these tips and stuff, it's almost like going to a therapy session. It just is really helpful to me and has helped me just, I think, be a healthier person and just do things that I want to do in my life just more fully, I guess. And also taught me that I could be a creative person, never thought of myself that way. And now I'm like, oh no, I do that, right? Like I am creative and supporting that in other people. Wow, that's so cool to hear, Mo. Thank you. <laughs> I think some things that I've learned from you, Mo, two things come to mind, which is interesting what you just said, because I feel like I love those conversations. I feel like you and I've had a lot of conversations about like, what would you do in this situation? How would you facilitate this? You know, just from like an experiential education perspective. And I love being able to like dig in and talk about philosophy and just like the nuances of being a practitioner, because I think that there are only so many people you can have those conversations with that want to like dig into the, the minutia. And I've really appreciated that. And I think you are really good at being reflective on your own practice, which is something that I feel like I've learned from you. And the other thing is you just have this great sense of adventure of, you know, like we're, if we're on a trip together, you're like, oh, let's stop there. And then like off we are, you know, at some random restaurant that I didn't even notice. <laughs> and yeah, I really appreciate that. And one other thing, it's not so much a learning, but it's an appreciation, but it connects back to AE. As we were talking about the conferences, I was thinking about you just never know how one experience might lead to something else that's completely unrelated, but but really cool. And I was realizing as we were getting ready for this podcast that I can like indirectly credit AEE for my marriage because <laughs> I met Mo in 2001 at an AEE conference. I was just about to move to Madison like the next week. And then... Five years later, Mo introduced me to Julie, who is my wife, and we are now been together for like 16 years, 17 years, something like that. <laughs> anyway, so I'm very appreciative of that, Mo. I'm here for you. And all I can say <laughs> is that my friend Julie, who I think is my person, not my romantic person because Amy is that, but to watch the support that Amy has given Julie and vice versa and the way that they have blossomed together is really amazing. And so that's, I'm I'm glad you're making my friend happy, Amy. But vice versa, just like growing together and blossoming is pretty cool. And to see a relationship that does that is amazing. So, well, thanks, Mel. 
again, I think it'd be fascinating to see all the relationships that have come out of AE too. I think that I think there's a long list of <laughs> those too. You find these like-minded people who are so awesome and amazing. Amy, I was going to say to you when Mo mentioned about you teaching people to be creative or getting in touch with their creativity. I was lucky enough to attend your workshop many years ago about that. And you asked, that was like one of the first questions you asked and everybody's, people are like, no, I'm not creative. And, you know, and then you like changed everybody's mind. And I think, is that the workshop you're doing this year too? Are you doing one a little bit different? No, this one, I think we're, um, I'm focusing more on facilitation. We'll be using climber cards, but it's really about using metaphors as a facilitation tool. Awesome. We but can I, talk about creativity, though, if anyone shows up and wants to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just find me because it's like my favorite topic ever. <laughs> <laughs> to your credit, you've probably inspired many, many people to be creative. So. That's, that's really cool to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Amy and Mo, I can't wait to see you in person in Madison. Give you hugs, do all the things, and have more great conversation. Make some more great connections. Maybe some business connections. Maybe some love connections. Who knows? and do some dancing. Definitely looking forward to that. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your very busy schedules to share with me and our listeners. And thank you listeners for spending time with us on It's in the Experience. Check out Climber Cards and the new deck coming soon at climberconsulting.com. We hope you gained some knowledge about experiential education and had some fun today. We'll be back each month to share more stories and experiences from varied voices within our community. So subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you won't miss an episode. You can learn more about AEE, including registering for our upcoming events like the 51st Annual International Conference, find lots of resources, and engage in ways to connect with the community at the Association for Experiential Education website, aee.org.